Welcome to the Cookery by the Book podcast with me, Susie Chase. Hi, I'm Julia Tertian. Uh, my new cookbook is called Feed the Resistance, Recipes and Ideas for Getting Involved. On the one-year anniversary of Donald Trump becoming the President of the United States, Feed the Resistance is our instruction manual for nourishing activism. We are definitely living in a time of upheaval. And for you, the movement comes in the form of feeding people. Talk about how this book was born out of momentum. Yeah, it was very much born out of momentum. Um, and, that, you know, from the most recent presidential election. And I mean, I basically found myself like many people um, I know and lots that I don't know personally, just feeling a lot after the election, feeling um, scared and angry and, um, you know, all of the above. And I am basically um, really uncomfortable when I'm not doing something. <laughs> and I felt, um, you know, really pulled to do something um, and to contribute something um, meaningful and, you know, with some purpose and, um, hopefully also something positive and proactive. And, you know, so I was doing some work in my own community regarding sort of food and activism. Um, and then I thought that work could be a bit more exponential if I, you know, put it into a book and also, you know, reached out to a community much bigger than myself. Um, so yeah, I'm super proud that Feed the Resistance includes so many amazing contributors, and it's definitely a community effort. Adam Rappaport has a quote on the back of your book that says, as a food writer, you're often told to stick to food. Did you get any pushback from your editor or publisher? Um, you know what? I didn't. And that's something um, I'm super, um, yeah, just happy about. And the whole process of creating the book, um, just a little background on my publisher. I had published my uh, cookbook last year with them, Small Victories, and I was on deadline writing another cookbook um, And when I pitched Feed the Resistance, and they were so game, and it made me feel, um, yeah, just like really supported by the people I work with, and kind of, um, you know, made me feel like our values are aligned, and uh, I realize how, you know, fortunate I am to be able to feel that and say that. So yeah, there was no pushback from them. So you said you pitched them last year? I pitched them, um, it was like the end of February. Wow. So how the, long did this book take? Like a minute. <laughs> it was super, <laughs> super fast. Um, you know, lots of, most cookbooks take kind of like at minimum two years from like, you know, sort of the proposal stage to, you know, a book being on the shelf. Um, some books take even longer. Um, this book was, you know, definitely in the fast lane. Um, yeah, I pitched it. It was like the end of February, beginning of March. So it was about, you know, a month basically after the inauguration. Um, and you know, we are, you know, in fall right now. And so it happened super fast. And my, um, my pitch was like a one page email and then, you know, they got on board and I've, you know, from that day until handing in the final manuscript, which included, you know, contributions from over 20 different people, um, testing recipes, all that. I basically did it like in a month, which is a little bit um, 
intense. <laughs> um, uh, yeah. But I think that um, the sort of the drive I felt to, you know, put this book together and the momentum it was made with, um, I think definitely carried it. I interviewed Pierre Chum, a Senegalese cookbook author, mm -hmm. and he, him. love him, he talked about something called taranga, which translates to hospitality, sitting around the bowl, sharing food and conversation. What are some ways we can express activism, taranga, through food, starting in our own kitchen? Sure. Um, I love that concept. Um, and he writes about it so beautifully in his book. And um, I think that kind of spirit of, to me, it's sort of like a spirit of generosity, which I think is kind of at the backbone of, of cooking. I think we, you know, we often cook to, you know, feed ourselves, but I think more often than not, it's to feed ourselves and the people around us. And I yeah. think that kind of spirit of, of sharing and just of having kind of, um, you know, there's that great phrase, the welcome table. Um, and I think that kind of approach to, to food and to, um, how we eat it is, is vital towards activism because I think um, activism is the work of, of communities um, and it's the work of individuals who are supported by their communities. And I think our tables offer us such an amazing place to start that, you know, within our own homes on a day-to-day -day basis. And that's really powerful. So to me, it means, um, you know, that sort of taking care of yourself and the people around you, you know, your family, whoever it is you live with, your roommates, your friends, um, and I think it extends to, you know, thinking about who you invite to sit at that table. And uh, Nicole Taylor, who's a fellow cookbook author and, and someone I'm just lucky to call a friend, um, she asked me a question that I, I just keep bringing up because I thought it was so simple and powerful. And she asked me, when was the last time I invited someone who doesn't look like me over to eat? And I think that question could also be, you know, someone who doesn't think like you. Um, and I think, you know, the kitchen table, you know, the dining room table is a place where um, just a lot of, um, you know, storytelling happens and therefore a lot of connection and compassion. And I think it's a place where we can begin to understand each other. And that's really powerful. So I live in New York City, but I'm originally from Kansas. And I find that I censor myself more when I'm in Kansas. I think being an activist in rural Kansas is different from being an activist in New York, like kind of like Nicole was referencing that we're all, we're all, we have the same mindset here. Um, what is one proactive and productive tip that you offered in the book um, to bring us together? Sure. I mean, it's such a good point you make because I think, you know, I spent most of my life in New York City um, and, you know, I now live about two hours north of New York City, um, which isn't very far, but it feels kind of a world away. I live in a really rural kind of agricultural area um, and I definitely understand that um, kind of what you're describing about like what you feel when you go home to Kansas. Like, I'm, you know, I'm an openly gay Jewish woman living in rural America, um, more or less. So, you know, I, I get that. Um, and I think, you know, there's, it's very easy to, um, you know, talk to people who agree with you and who right. with you. And I think it's, it's a little bit harder, um, when that's not the case, but I think that's really where, um, you know, there's potential for real connection and compassion. So, 
anyway, I just got carried away. What was <laughs> what was your question about <laughs> a tip about how to? Do yeah, that? like I, I I remember in your book you talked about in your hometown go to a restaurant owned by immigrants mm-hmm. or by people who don't look like you. Can you talk a little bit about that? Sure. Yeah, I think um, yeah, I think really. I mean, basically, to me, it comes down to just um, thinking deeply about food, because it's something that connects all of us. You know, every single person in the world needs to eat. That's something we all have in common. And I think when you start to really think deeply about it, I think you come to understand that, you know, pretty much every single decision we make about food, um, and we make a million decisions, you know, what we're going to eat, when, where, with who, um, you know, all the fun decisions about recipes, all that kind of stuff. And I think when we start to really think deeply about it, we realize how political all of these decisions are. So I think um, we can take that as something really, um, you know, it could seem maybe overwhelming, but I really, I think it's empowering. So maybe, you know, if we're not eating at home and we're going out to eat, consider going to a restaurant that's run by someone, yeah, who doesn't look like you, who's from a different background, who maybe doesn't, share your same ideas about certain things and take that as an opportunity to really, um, you know, better understand them. And, you know, if there's something on a menu and you don't know what it is, you know, ask about it, ask about what it means to whoever's preparing it. I think food offers us these chances for just, you know, really true connection. Who are some of the contributors in this book? Sure. Yeah. There's, um, amazing contributors. There's, um, it's, yeah, there's over 20, um, it's a, uh, you know, this really incredibly diverse group of contributors that, you know, they're from all over the country. Um, they, some are chefs, some are writers, some are activists, some aren't really in the food world necessarily. Um, and yeah, they come from all just sort of different backgrounds and a few that come to, um, top of mind. I mean, they're all amazing. Um, one is, um, Jordan Lexton, who is the executive director of Drive Change, which is just this really unbelievable organization um, based in New York City. And essentially, it's a food truck program um, that employs, um, I believe what they refer to as returning citizens. So it's um, folks who uh, are coming out of the criminal justice system. And for the most part, they work with pretty young people. Um, Drive Change just got this like incredible grant. I think they're getting something like $3 million over the next three years to basically build like a commissary kitchen and um, just scale the work they're doing and just really use food as this way to provide um, opportunity and um, yeah, and connection. So yeah, Jordan is definitely one of my heroes and I'm so glad Jordan's essay is in the book. Um, there's the chef Preeti Mistri, who's based in um, Northern California, who has two restaurants. Um, Preeti gave a recipe for um, her pretty unbelievably delicious um, tikka masala macaroni and cheese. Um, there's Hawa Hassan, who I know you you know know and have met, and Hawa's awesome and um, she runs uh, her company boss boss sauce which is a line of like somali condiments um and hawa gave us her somali pasta sauce um which is like this incredible recipe that sort of speaks to um you know who who she is as a somalian refugee and you know the background of the country and it's you know it was colonized by italians so it's you know 
pasta sauce is what she grew up on, but um, also the fact that, you know, it's involved in the spice trade. So all the incredible spices that go in it. So it's this recipe that sort of allows her to really um, explain who she is and where she comes from. And, you know, she's from a family with a ton of siblings. I believe Hala is one of 10. So it's, you know, this idea of feeding a group of people. So, yeah, I mean, I could go on and on, but basically every contributor um, just basically told a really like personal and moving story about who they are and, what they believe in in one way or another. How is pasta sauce is the best pasta sauce Isn't I have ever tasted. Yeah, it's so good. I love it. It was great. Yeah. The spices are out of this world. I think yeah. everyone needs to make that recipe on page 71. <laughs> yeah, it's wonderful. And it's also whatever it's worth. My, um, my wife, Grace, is um, she's a type 1 diabetic, so we're very mindful about kind of things we eat in our house and carbohydrates and all that stuff. Um, so on its like own, like even without the pasta, it's still like. Just, oh, I bet terrible. you could just drink it. So, yeah. No, we just <laughs> eat it on like grains or like. a Totally. Yeah. It's so, so delicious. Anyway. So don't you think this movement fundamentally boils down to morals like the basic love thy neighbor? There seems to be so much hate these days. Um, yeah. I mean, I think it's, I, you know, I totally agree. Um, but I also, you know, I sort of, I wish it were that simple. Um, yeah. But I think that, um, I mean, I do believe in that kind of phrase that love wins. But I think that we, to me, what's really important is to, um, I think in being, you know, in expressing kindness and love and having, you know, opening our hearts and doors and all that stuff to our neighbors and kind of loving your neighbor without expectation. I think it's, um, to me, the emphasis is on that, like ING on, you know, on loving and, um, just being active in, in our acts of kindness, um, and not being sort of passive about it. And I A think, verb. Really making, yeah, I think really making an effort to, um, you know, express these feelings through actions. Um, and I think that's, um, I think that's how we really make a difference. I think it's not just being open to this idea of, um, you know, if it's, if it's about food and the things we're talking about and, and, you know, this idea of like who we invite to our table, I think it's actually inviting them. (laughs) I think it's, um, you know, showing up to things we're, you know, invited to that, you know, maybe situations that might make us feel a little uncomfortable, but sort of pushing those boundaries, um, you know, I think, yeah, emphasis on the, on the action. What's up next for you with this book? Are you going to take this discussion to other cities? Um, yeah, I'm doing a bit of traveling for the book, which I'm really excited about, mostly because um, the places I'm going to, um, I get to meet up in person with lots of the people who contributed from the book and get to better know their um you know, communities and the places they come from. So I'm super excited about that. And I definitely hope that this, um, I'm not hope I plan for this book to be uh, something that sort of continues and evolves. And to me, it's um, just for me personally, um, it's been the beginnings of many important conversations that I definitely want to continue. The proceeds go to the ACLU. How did you choose that particular organization? Uh, it's such a good question um, because um, when I first, you know, pitched the book and was thinking about it, um, you know, I definitely 
wanted the book in and of itself to be, um, you know, an act of resistance, like buying the book would support something meaningful. Um, and I don't think any one organization, you know, stands for all people, um, uh, or, you know, all issues. And so at first we talked about, you know, maybe, um, picking a few organizations, but that, uh, just became sort of really complicated and like a paperwork sort of world. <laughs> but, um, and anyway, I just kept coming back to the ACLU cause I think, it, it sort of cast a pretty large umbrella under which um, so much and so many of us fall. And I think the protection of civil liberties um, is just vitally important um, in general, but specifically to, to the resistance movement. Where can we find you on the web? Um, I have uh, a website, uh, which is just my name. So it's Julia Tertian, J-U-L-I-A-T-U-R-S-H-E-N.com. Uh, um, and there's all stuff about the book and, you know, the tour and all that kind of fun stuff there. And then, um, yeah, I'm on Instagram and Twitter. My handle is my last name, at Tertian. Um, How did you get that? My name? Like, I wish I just had my name. You know, Were you an early adopter? I don't even know that I was, but I haven't, there aren't, I've never met a tertian that I'm not related to. Um, <laughs> there's not, and I think, I mean, maybe it's to, um, maybe I've disappointed some of my cousins and stuff by <laughs> being the first to just claim our last name online. Um, but yeah, there's not a ton of us, so I guess it wasn't, it wasn't taken. It's awesome. Oh, well, thanks. As you wrote in your New York Times op-ed piece, when it comes to feeding the resistance, there's no such thing as too many cooks in the kitchen. What a pleasure it was to have you on Cookery by the Book podcast. Thanks so much. Oh, thank you so much for having me. I really, I appreciate it. Follow me on Instagram at Cookery by the Book, Twitter as I am Susie Chase, and download your kitchen mixtapes, music to cook by, on Spotify at Cookery by the Book, and as always, subscribe in Apple Podcasts. <laughs>